What's up, fam? Thank you for tuning in. I am Complexity, and this is the Karma of It All podcast, an extension of Complex Intuition, where we give advice, support, and guidance in karmic, traumatic, and toxic relationship situations. of all this is an extension of complex intuition where we give advice guidance support to those who are going through karmic toxic and traumatic situations i of course am miss complexity and i have on the line here with us today mr gold dave gold and his lovely woman julie reeves and we're going to speak about self-sabotage this is going to be a double hitter guy this is going to be an hour long and i am so ecstatic to have them here because they have a lot to say so how are you guys doing good we're happy to be together and talking and happy to be talking to you wonderful i love it i love it so let's go ahead and jump right on into these questions here um since our episode today is about self-sabotage what Oh, possibly, could you name at least one incident where you guys felt that you were self-sabotaging? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You want me to go first? <laughs> go ahead. Okay. So, I, you mean just any time in our lives, or any time in, in together, or where, how would you like to? How would you like me to vector it in? How does it affect your day? No, I want to know. Okay, you're talking about. I, I, I can tell you a time that I self sabotage. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, in the context of our relationship, which we'll back up into, is it after, and we'll, we'll get to this point more, but after Julie's and my love was revealed over the course of three days, and it was pretty undeniable that what had started off as a friendship was now, in fact, love beyond anything I could ever imagine, I got nervous and I got scared. And I started to convince myself that this couldn't be real and that I was somehow misinterpreting not even so much the signals I was getting from Julie, but more just the signals I was getting from the universe and started to retreat and retrench back into fear and to separate and to take myself out of the beautiful field that had been created for us or with us or between us or whatever. And to really just go back into my old, small, limited, doubting, unhappy self and uh, fortunately for me julie would have none of it she reached in and dragged me out of that dark hole but it was a it was a moment of classic this is too good to be true i don't deserve it i don't know who i'll be if i go through with it and retreating back into old familiar ideas and places that i really thought i wanted to escape from wow you felt as if you didn't deserve it I felt, I'm sure part of me felt I, I, I didn't deserve it. I hadn't earned it. I wasn't ready for it. I still had too much wrong with me. So all of that was, was just ways that we convince ourselves that 
it's better that we just wreck it now rather than than letting life wreck it for us or getting something that we feel we don't deserve or might destroy us. And there is that self-sabotage right there. Yep. There it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. How about... Well, I'm going to use one that's a little more subtle, a little less... You know, David's is obvious and, and quite dramatic. Um, but one that's more in my life... Um, David and I are in a process of, it's a fairly intense process, but at the same time, it's been slowly unfolding. So in that way, it's just kind of ingrained into our daily lives. And and the process is of, um, you know, of letting, of, of trusting life more and more, surrendering to life more and more, opening ourselves more and more to the love that life wants to bring into our lives. And um, a couple months ago, I, I found that, you know, while I was being called to open my heart more and to open and to trust more and to open to receive, and we're talking about receiving all the goodness in life, right? Just like David was talking about receiving our love and our relationships. Yes, Just ma'am. Receiving the love that the universe and the divine has for us and there was a part of me that was just throwing a temper tantrum that was that was Ooh. going, uh-uh, no way, I'm not opening up. Um, and this went on for a couple months. It was, you know, fairly intense. Um, and I just had to love my way through it. And uh and then, you know, it just started to evaporate and fall away one day and and um, you know, I I don't by any means think that this is the end of that. I think that all of our lives are just a continually continuing unveiling and surrendering process. But, um, but, but definitely that, you know, uh, uh-uh, no way, you know, I've got, I've got padlock upon padlock on my heart and I'm not going to open up. <laughs> that, that part has subsided. It has it has retreated into the background for now, or or maybe it's just gone. You know, time will tell. Wow, you sound like me right now in my position right now. So I'm I'm padlocked up, um, bulldog on the outside, barbed wire everywhere. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of love to get through all those defenses. It really does, oh, and I think. I think it's only love that can pierce those defenses. I don't think anything else can get through. And it's love for ourselves, you know? Really, it's... So often we're led to believe that we have to find someone who's going to love us the way that we are. And yeah, that's nice. It's a bonus. David and I found that, and we'd love to talk about it. We, we're so grateful to live it. And, but it's only the love for myself that made that all fall away. You know, that let mm. those... those uh, chains be cut and those padlocks fall away yeah we have to learn to love ourselves you know and actually healing from past trauma past relationships that didn't work out you know so yeah. that's that little intervention that intro that little intro right there you know that little space that you get to heal uh, and if you don't heal you'll end up taking all that negativity right into it relationship called in another self-sabotage 
Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys overcome this situation, uh, like physically, emotionally, and spiritually? How did you actually just say, bump it, I'm going to give in? Thank you all for your donations. Any amount was greatly appreciated. For those of you looking to donate to my podcast, please, by all means, visit the donation tab at www.bkarmaofitall.net. Any donations over $25 will receive my special Each One Teach One Tea. As always, I thank you all for your support. In my case, in terms of my own doubts and and sense of not being worthy and sense that I needed to punish myself and take the hard path and to kind of push, push uh, abundance and other things away from myself. I mean, a lot came through. I still have love and abundance and things in my life, but, but not c- compared to what it's like when you actually take your arms down and stop pushing it away. It's, it's remarkable. And with me, it's, um, I had, and I think I might've mentioned this to you when we talked that I, I had, 40 years of intense spiritual work with a lot of disciplines and a lot of, you know, practices and, and things that I felt that I needed to do to overcome parts of myself and to, and to change myself into something that I felt, you know, would be worthy of me and worthy of God and worthy of someone like, you know, like Julie, who I couldn't even have imagined. And it, you know, it, it made me <laughs> determined and it made me, I guess, a better person in some ways, but it also tied me in the knots. And then once Julie, once our love was revealed, at that point, I, I could see that these same things that I, I wanted to get rid of for spiritual reasons or for self-actualization reasons or to be a better person, that I, they were actually in the way of me loving Julie more than my own fears or my own self-absorption or my own insecurities or manipulations. Or I could go through and list a whole bunch of things. Julie could probably add to me that she had to put up with, especially early on. But I thought, oh, this is actually standing in the way of me loving Julie more. And I made the prayer that whatever stood in the way of me loving Julie more, I want it to be removed. And that prayer or that change of attitude, really, I, instead of being at, me at war with myself, I was now in love with, I was in love with everything, you know. So I think for me, switching that around to trying to improve myself to, to be a better version of Dave Gold, to know I just want to be someone who can receive and give more love to someone that I really care deeply about, that, that, that overrode. It's more like overwriting. You know, it's like writing a new program over an old one. It's not so much that I fixed something. It's just that the love overrode the fear. And that was mm. a big part of my liberation. Oh, wow. How about you, Julie? I know. You know, as Dave... As I listen to David talk, it sounds like, you know, it could be interpreted like, oh, this was just all rosy. Oh, he prayed that whatever would be in the way of him loving me more may it be revealed and that, or may it be removed and, and that everything just fell away. No, there were many times when we would find ourselves in the midst of conflict and, you know, like having an argument or, or thinking, what the hell were we ever thinking, thinking that we wanted to be together? And then then we would realize, oh, this is part of what, uh, this is something that's standing in the way of us loving each other more and it's being removed. And, you know, sometimes even when painful parts of us are being removed, we fight, we kick and scream and fight against it, you know, because it's familiar. All the stuff we all have heard so many times, it's familiar. We're comfortable with it. We don't know what's on the other side of letting 
things out of our lives. And so there were times when things fell away with ease and grace and, and beautifully, and there were times when it was hard. And if I could just play one more thing off of that, especially for, you know, your audience is like, uh, you know, there, there are people, there were, were people who have gone through hell or they're going through hell or, or whatever, and they're keeping their, you know, they're keeping their heart and their life and their intentions open for something better. And, and after, after a while, I, I guess I've always been this way, but it became more so recently as I started to look at life as an opportunity. And I think that's what Julie is, one of the things Julie's pointing to, or at least rise in my mind are these things, these fights or these disagreements or these ways that we were in, these incompatibilities, we, we began more and more to view them as opportunities for us to see what was arising in ourselves and see what was getting in the way of our relationship and, and for me to, to love Julie more for everything that she was showing me about myself. And I think just that general outlook of, and it's easier said than done, I know, and to see life as, see these, these trials as opportunities, not just because it sounds good or someone told you to do it, because life actually proves that to be true. Um, and that was, I think, been, been just a beautiful change of perspective that served us well. Yeah, because now we do actually know their opportunities. We don't just see them that way. We know that they are. Oh, wow. So, here's a question. <laughs> <laughs> you were single before you guys got together okay do you believe did you actually believe that going out and searching for the love life was plausible or letting it come to you was more plausible oh this is one we don't even have to dave and i don't have to look at each other and say who gets to go first on this one <laughs> so karma i am well first of all at the time David and I met, I had two young children that I was raising. I was separated from my first husband, my children's mm -hmm. father, um, after a 20-year marriage. And we hadn't been separated very long when David came into my life. Um, but after, at, at the point, you know, somewhere in the point at which my marriage was dissolving... I like, you know, tilted my head to the sky and, and said out loud to God or, you know, our divine creator, you know, whatever word you want to put to that, mm -hmm. that energy. I said, if you want to bring somebody into my life at any point in the future, they're going to have to come into my house because <laughs> they're going to have to come to the front door because... <laughs> I'm an introvert, I'm a homebody, I'm a of two, you know, young kids, I love being a mom, I'm not mm -hmm. going to, you know, I'm not going to do the whole social scene, I'm not, you know, I just figure, you know, my creator knows me because they created me, so, mm -hmm. and um, that's exactly what happened. So wow. David came into my inbox in my email, and that's how we met. And you know the story behind that. I'll just uh, this. The answer to this question isn't about the story, but just to give you a little bit more detail about that. My family was in the process of moving from one city to another, even though my, you know, our marriage was separate. But but we had had this plan, and we my ex husband 
followed through on that gratefully. And um, the school that my kids were going to go to, uh, David's daughter and my daughter were going to be in the same class. And he had volunteered to be the welcoming parent to the new families. And so I was on a spreadsheet that he was given with name and phone number and email. And so he reached out to me to welcome me to the class, to welcome our family. And um, we got on the phone to just talk about stuff, you know, what what the school was like, the class was like, you know, just whatever. And uh, that's how we met. And so I always use that as just such a perfect example of we don't have to try to control anything. In fact, the controlling, us trying to control everything is what stands in the way of what you give us. That's right. To bring to us. I'm going to take that and pause to mean that you approve of what she said. Is that right, Carmen? Is that yes, right? girl. Good. Just tell you everything I've been saying for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> like being an introvert, all that good stuff. It's like, uh-uh. I don't know how to, I'm going to get someone else unless they come into my front door as well because no way. I'm going out there and I'm an introvert. I'm not doing all this. <laughs> you know, we don't have to change who we are. No. And, and not, not only supposed to. Person. Exactly. We're not supposed And trying to change who we are just gets in the way. Uh-huh. So the, the, you know, our, our marching orders are to be exactly who we are. Exactly. You know, warts and all. Just, and, and just love every bit of it. And Carmen, can you see why I love this woman so damn much? I mean, she's just herself. She and, and that's what I want everyone is listening to. Just know that it, there is someone. You know, we, we've said to each other, we don't, we don't. It's not only we can't believe the other one loves us, we can't believe the other exists. Wow. There's someone who, when they see you and really see you, they won't. They won't even believe that you could. You could possibly exist in this form. And meanwhile, here we are trying to round off the edges and become something we're not, or whatever the hell it is we think we needed to do. When if I if we'd have done that for each other, which really was impossible, we would have missed we would have missed that. And, mm-hmm. and just from my own perspective, because it's funny, I got I have a different. So first of all, I want to say when you when you mentioned we talked about who your audience and kind of like your listenership, and both of us came out of really tough marriages. I mean, I heard we used the word disastrous on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't, she's not as hyperbolic as I am. So I, I, so one, you know, those of you who, who, who are listening, who have come out of that, just know that, you know, we, we, we feel your pain and this is a success story for after that. Well, but, not just disastrous marriages, but anything difficult. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and for me, I had been, uh, separated from my first wife for four years and, you know, I, I can admit it now that I got this big woman in my dreams of my I couldn't get a date. You know, I mean, I, it's weird. I, I'd run into people and they, you know, something would happen and then they never follow up or I, whatever it was. And I started to really doubt myself. Right? Mm. I, started, I Googled myself. To, I said, someone go online and say I was like, a, you know, some kind of sex offender. You know, what the hell could be causing going on? That, and, then I, and then, boom, Julie comes in. And one one thing I'll, I'll mention now. Now I know what I did wrong. I didn't Google you. Yeah, you should. Anybody else? Know. This never would have happened. But anyway, I, you know, I, when when um, and, and first of all, there, when we met each other, there was no chemistry. I just want people to know this is something else we can talk about later. You think 
you're going to see it in WoW and you know, now we're together and people know, wow, you know, they, they, they stop and sit up straight because there's something, it's obvious there's something, we have something between us. Your listeners can, can you know, you can hear it and they hear it. But at the time, there wasn't any chemistry. But anyway, I, I, so, so then four years, I'm, I'm, nothing's happening. And then boom, this woman comes into my life who's just a friend and then turns into my forever love. And the joke, you know, it's kind of a joke. I don't know if she's joking or not. Because like you, you Karma, say it, it's not me. she's a, like you, Carmen, she's a very powerful witch, and I mean that in the best possible way. But she said that she, she threw the, I, I, I say that she put the cloak of invisibility over me for four years to keep me fresh for her. And so I am so grateful that in those four years I didn't kiss another woman, I didn't have another date, I didn't have another interest, because in all the time I'm drawing conclusions about myself, that I'm no good, no one wants me, blah, 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 blah. I should have maybe stayed in my first marriage it's better than nothing, you know, whatever came to <laughs> But in fact, it was this life per- preparing me perfectly for this for, for our, our perfect union. A perfect union. I love that. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be my next question. I was going to ask that. Julie kind of glossed over it a little bit. Um, uh, I really want to go into that a little deeper as in like finding what steps did you take and as I was listening I noticed that Dave was saying that oh, he was and I, 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 I was astonished because I didn't think men I'm sorry this is my base thinking But I didn't think men would ever be afraid to approach a woman. I thought that men could have anyone they ever wanted, when they wanted, however they wanted, because they were men. Mm -hmm. And you're stuck on. And it's nice for me to get this because, um, you know, like I said, previous life, previous times before I dealt with. So hearing it coming from somewhere that some from someone who doesn't know me, from somewhere out of the blue, from somebody different, it's like wow, for real, men really have a heart. I'm uh, sorry, I'm gonna, <laughs> I mean, it like that evilly, but the men all think the, well, the women have it easy because they're beautiful and they just kind of bat their eyelashes, and you know we have, we're the ones. So it's it's just it's reciprocal. Believe me, that. Talking ourselves out of things before we take a chance of doing them. That's both of us. That's, that's, that's goes through both sexes. Um, but I'll, I'll start off this time with how we met because Julie kind of gave some of the factual basis and she was at, we, I was, I, I called Julie. I had four names on a spreadsheet and she was the first one. And I guess I, I'm lucky because I guess if some other woman would have been the first one, I'd have married her instead. I don't know, but it's now. <laughs> You should have called me first, but I didn't call him back for like two weeks. Yeah, so. she, oh, oh, wow. So he had called other people on the list before he ever That's talked true. to me. That's true. She wasn't the first one. That's true. I didn't fall in love with the first girl I kissed. Just the last one I kissed. So anyway, I I called her. I, I, I finally, she finally consented to pick up my phone call, and I, I spoke with her. And what I noticed when we talked was that we went very deep very quickly. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about things that you normally don't talk to when someone calls and says, hey, I'm, you know, my daughter, your daughter, how's, you know, how's the weather, blah, blah, blah. And I went deep and she would go deep with me. 
And I kept waiting for the moment that normally happens in these kind of conversations. You have what they call a vulnerability backlash, you know, where you're vulnerable and then suddenly you wake up to it and you feel exposed and stupid and, you know, and, and foolish and you and go back to being um, superficial, but it never happened. And I, it's, and it's especially rare when it's happening between, you know, people of the opposite sex and whatever your romantic inclination might be. And I know when I hung up the phone, I thought, wow, she's something. And then being the man that I was, being, being the man four years without a date, I, I checked her out on Facebook and I thought, whoa, she's good looking. So I'll tell you, that's my version of the first one. And I'll let her, if she wants to fill anything else out about from your end. Okay, guys. So I've been sitting here scrolling and scrolling through the podcast feed, and I finally find me an episode that I think will be great. You know, let's get right to it. I have a couple of minutes. I want to waste a couple of time. But then I click on it and find out that it's like an hour and a half long. I do not have that much time. Okay. A couple of minutes. Okay. So if you're anything like me, I went on ahead and head over to Jams. That's right jams if you're interested in only like three to five minutes and straight to the point information that is the place to be hit the jam button below and connect join and follow me at the karma of it all see you over there deuces i was coming at it from a totally different place because i had only recently become separated from my husband who i was still legally married to I, my brain was not in that area at all. You know, I, I wasn't looking for someone. I wasn't thinking someone was going to come into my life. It, it was completely not on my radar. But what I did appreciate was that we could talk about real things. You know, that, that it wasn't one of those stilted conversations where you don't really know. You know, you talk about the things that you're there to talk about. You know, in this case, our girls being in the same class and moving to another city and then, you know, it's uncomfortable and you just have to hang up and say goodbye. Um, I appreciate that we, we hardly talked. I'm not even sure we talked really at all about <laughs> girls being in the same class. Um, very briefly. And then we just talked about real things. We talked about, I shared with them in no time that I was recently separated. And I wasn't even sharing that very much with my closest group of friends. Oh, wow. So, so there was a part of me that thought, wow, why am I sharing this with a total stranger? Um, but he was a good listener and he seemed to get it. And, um, and we had a good rapport. And when I hung up the phone, we talked for probably an hour, at least an hour, maybe a little longer. When I hung up the phone, I was sitting at my desk and I was just looking straight ahead and I heard just clear as can be. In my head, I heard Julie Gold. Uh-oh, snap, nah. <laughs> but it never occurred to me, it, truly, honestly, it never occurred to me that it's because I was going to end up married to this man. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't have his last name, so I'm still not a Julie Gold. Um, but what I thought, because I've studied dreams a lot, and so what I thought was, what his last name might represent in my life. And I thought, what, I wonder what kind of gold he's going to bring into my life. Uh. <laughs> so 
so that's the you know the first that's the the story of our first meeting um a couple months later or no a few weeks later we met in person when my kids came to do their classroom visits at this new school they were going to um and again there was no chemistry there wasn't a single thought in my head that oh i wonder if we're gonna you know there's gonna be something between us it was just we were you know i was meeting a man who i was growing more and more to feel like i had a deep um because we're both spiritual people i thought we had a spiritual friendship and and we didn't, and after that, we didn't talk, you know, we didn't talk every week or every, you know, certainly not every day, but we did stay in touch and here. And I had some issues that were going on with just some, some legal issues and David helped us out with that, helped me out with that a little bit uh, because he used to be a lawyer. He is a lawyer. He's just not practicing anymore. Um, and, uh. But then, you know, you asked the question earlier about, do you have to go out and do things? Do you have to control things to meet someone? Well, what we learned really is the, the opposite. That, and we continue to learn this. That mm -hmm. more and more in life that you can just let go, let go, let go, surrender, trust life. Life wants to bring us all everything that we could ever dream of. Now, that doesn't mean down to the little detail of what we're dreaming, because life really wants to bring us the deepest dream we didn't even know we were dreaming. Uh -huh. And that's what David and I say, that he, that our relationship was the deepest dream we didn't even know we were dreaming. And what that, and what ended up happening was that over the course of three days, and this was about three or four months after we met, over the course of three days, when he was in another city, he was a, he was traveling, and uh, he was in another city, and I was here. Um, we were just we were talking to each other on the we were texting, we were talking on the phone, we were emailing, um, and there was just this quickening energy. Like we just suddenly found that we need, we felt like we needed to be communicating with each other like more and more and more. And over the course of this three day period, what became, what became obvious to us at the end of day two was that our, we were stepping into our love. Mm-hmm. So at some point on day two, I actually said to David, do you know what's happening? Because <laughs> uh, I could feel something was happening. Like there was a palpable energy that was present. And I could feel something happening. He could feel something happening. We just had this, like, you know, intense need to be in communication with each other in some way as much as possible. And by the end of that day, what had what we realized had happened was that it was like a door was opened. And whereas before we had been on one side of the door, that we had stepped across the threshold and on the other side of that door was our love, fully formed, eternal, you know, 
un, un, unchanged, un, you know, unable for us to do anything to harm it. Um, and that we just stepped into it. That's why we use the phrase, our love was revealed. Yeah. It's not like we fell in love in the traditional sense. We went, you know, we went truly from nothing, feeling nothing, not even the suspicion of something romantic between the two of us, to over this two-day period, stepping into our love, and then we say a three-day because we questioned with each other, well, but do you think that when we see each other next that we'll have any chemistry? So on the third day, we actually were together in person, and we kissed, and, we, and that was that. Wow. <laughs> and, and I want to just add something from a, from a male point of view. And I know one of your listeners are female and wonder what the heck goes on inside our crazy minds. Are, and, and normally, I've been in situations before where there's a, someone, I've been in, there's been a female that I've been friends with, and it looks like it might be going over into something more, and you kind of, you know, feel your way into it and wonder what's, you know, is it is this right? Is it right? And in this case, it, it almost like it didn't occur to me until the, what I opened up with, till the end when I started to freak out a bit. But during this two-day period when the love was revealed, it wasn't like, wow, she's just a friend, or is she more than a friend? It was like that whole grading scale didn't mean anything. We're, who we were and what we were and what we used to be and what we thought we were didn't mean anything. Something was just happening that was made me so damn happy. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even so much like the way I thought it would be. Oh my God, four years without a date. Now I finally got, you know, and not only did I do, I hit a home run. It wasn't like that relief. It wasn't relief of finally being connected. It was the joy of stepping into something eternal that now had shown itself to both of us. Wow. That's a beautiful love story. I know you guys have a book, right? No, we no, no. I, I wrote a book. No. Oh no, get started. Get started. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of us testing the waters a bit, Karma, of just going out and kind of telling. We're just letting life come to us and tell us what it is. But the more that we tell the story, and you know, it's beautiful for us to articulate it with people like you and people like your listeners because it brings it alive and um, it just reminds us because we're still living together, doing all the things that married couples do and the irritations and, you know, the whatever, and to just be able to speak of this, the kind of the majesty of it all starts to reemerge again for us and for everyone else. I bet. So what is one major tip that you would like for our listeners to know? One major tip, even though you guys gave us a whole heck of a lot. I want to know what one major tip you would like for our listeners to know. Well, I think the first one that comes to my mind is one I've already said a couple times, but I'll reiterate. Um, the more we can just relax into life, you know, just breathe and relax into life and and put down our need to control everything, put down our the feeling that we have to do something to be worthy. Believe me, we are not worthy for anything that we ever do. Mm -hmm. And society doesn't give us that message, you know, people don't give us that message, but our worthiness is, is our beingness. It's, it's based on our, who we are and we are all divine. Yes. And 
So we don't have to do anything. And so the more we can let go of the need to control, let go of the need to plan, let go of the need to, you know, the, the feeling that we have to do something to be worthy and just surrender. And I know surrender is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but it is. It's letting go of the need to control, surrendering to life. And allow life to bring you all the goodness that that it will inevitably bring you when you let go, when you surrender. In other words, I'd, I'd take off, I'd just provide a little different turn, I'd like to say turn the jewel a bit. And I, I've been on a number of podcasts for, that are, that are the demographics, mainly young men. And, and you know, when I get, get asked this question, and I, I think of myself at 25, 20, 25, whatever age, but any, all the way up through my life, up until 62 when Julie parachuted into my life, is I, I was sure I had to become a different version of myself in order to have find the love of my dreams. And I, I set about on that project. My, I was a, you know, I don't know if when it, when it, was, it took 62 years and probably, you know, 45 of them was a conscious choice. Of Dave Gold can't be Dave Gold. Dave Gold needs to be more of this and less of that. And then eventually I would mold myself into the type of person that a woman like Julie would see and think, yeah, he's good. He's a keeper. And it was total nonsense. It had nothing to do with any of that. And in fact, in what I, I guess I, if it's advice or whatever, that is if, I, if, if Julie would have fallen in love with that guy, she wouldn't have fallen in love with me. Mm-hmm in love with an image of myself that I had and I would never have the security that I have right now and one last word on the subject I love to tell this story is that I did even after our love was revealed you know listen to this you, you know how the hell what kind of idiot could Dave be to not realize this woman loves him and adores him you know and this is I'm the, I'm the answer to her dreams well let me tell you a lot of deep-seated insecurities we carry with us and I would still just think you know I'd be get nervous and I think no she can't what about this she doesn't know this about me or she hasn't seen that or she's you know whatever he would come to me like a confessional, Karma, and he would say, and he would confess something that he had done in his past. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm carrying this burden. It's the most terrible thing. Surely this is going to th- be the thing that makes you not love me. So he would, like, confess it to me, and I would just look at him sweetly, or sometimes I'd laugh and say, really? Like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And and this and it's interesting because it's, it's a gift that I give to a lot of my mentoring clients and stuff is that same like is that all you know when did you go over and take the gun and go postal oh you didn't okay this is fine mm. but, but anyway but finally the way she allayed she said well i want you should tell it because you, you said it and you said it so beautifully he was he was he he was going through a stage where he was seeking affirmation from me you know that that i really did love him and but what about this? Did I really love him because in spite of this? And and one day I was I was kind of frustrated actually because we'd been going around this mulberry bush, and I said, David, I love you for no good reason. <laughs> and that's it. And that's what broke through. And because there's no reason that we love each other. You know, sure we can get I can give a thousand and many more thousand reasons that I love him, but that's not why I love him. I just love him. That's it. Period. I just love him. And and that is if that's the point or tip or however you framed it that I want everyone to know is you you love and you are loved for no good reason and mm. quicker 
and more with great more finality you can lay down the project of becoming the more perfected version of self so you become what you think is a level version of yourself the more level, the more quickly and easily and fully others can love you oh um, um i i'm sorry to say this but i can't stop smiling and <laughs> I think I fall in love with both of you. You guys are the beautifulest. For real. I love y'all guys' story. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'm so ecstatic right now. Like, wow. Wow. What? Thank you. If I may, because I, I say this, I, I think your listeners probably feel the same way. And I, I, like, I, I say this, like, okay, there's a field here. We've all created it together. You know, do something with this field. It could be the smallest little thing. But, you know, this, these are magical moments when we have this, we share this kind of ecstasy and this kind of sense of, of possibility. And I just want everyone, be, before the door closes and they run back to whatever it is they were doing before they had the good fortune to listen into you, to just take the smallest step towards love, whatever that might be, loving themselves, loving whatever, whatever. But just use this moment as a window of opportunity. Oh, so you like that, huh? Great. Then I know you're going to like our Patreon.com page. Be sure to join the membership at $10.10 per month. We have unedited interviews lasting from 40 to 60 to a half hour long. Guys, you're going to love it. These are unedited and with mad bloopers. Yes, straight raw. That's how we give it. Q&A episodes, giveaways, private live talks, readings, one-on-ones, all kinds of stuff over on the Patreon.com page. Be sure to join the membership. And once you do, you'll have per access to my new Facebook group. We're all about connecting souls, spiritual healing, and loving one another as we get connected to life. You know how we do over here. Check out the Patreon page at patreon.com backslash complexity. That's patreon.com backslash K-A-R-M-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. See you there. Deuces. I love it. Because we can't. We can't guarantee that anybody's going to have a, a love, you know, in their lives. For a while, David and I wished that we could do that, that we could talk to people who wanted to find a love like this and we could, you know, find some way to bring it into their lives. But we, we can't do that. That's, that's each individual person's destiny. But what I do know is that everybody has an incredible story in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this incredible love story, but everyone has an incredible story in their lives where, where, you know, where you're overcoming fears and you're overcoming self doubts and you're, you're going on a hero's journey and you're, you're taking your love out into the world in a way that's courageous. And that's, um, that changes people's lives and, and changes life in general and so find you know embrace that story in your own lives and it's don't take it for granted it's not to be taken for granted no one's no one's life story is any greater or any lesser than anyone else's Mm -hmm. well i love this 
whole entire this is going to be like the best interview i have ever had in the past two months i love it but i love what you said that you can't you can't reach everybody but i think you can reach a lot of people so how can our listeners reach you how can we find you and what is it that you guys do that can help them Sure. And I, I just want to say one thing, and I won't forget that mm -hmm. question, is that I, we, we spread our love everywhere. And it's not overt. You know, we don't run around and throw roses in front of the garbage truck or something. But, you know, just everybody, I, I just know in my own case, everybody that comes into my field, I just bless them in some way or another. Not, you know, not overtly, not, it's not, it's not a trespass, but just a, like she said, just a smile, just a phrase, just some way to acknowledge that they're seen. And I think the greatest gift, everyone, what, what everyone wants to be seen and to be loved for what they're seeing. And I think just the more we can just attune ourselves to seeing the other person and let them know they're seen in the least obtrusive way possible, in the most authentic way possible, that's the best way to spread our love everywhere. So anyway, I had to get that in. Um, the best way is I have a website, davegold.com, but people, if they want to talk to me it's dave at davegold.com d-a-v-e-g-o-l-d and if they want to talk with julie they can just email julie at j-u-l-i don't put an e on the end no e j-u-l-i at davegold.com and that will find us and then if people have an affinity who know, we don't know what you know what's happened we don't have a, a 10 point program or a pill that people can take to find you know we we engage with the people who find their ways to us and we find out what makes sense so and if their heart is open and this rings a bell, feel free to hit my website at Dave Gold, D-A-V-E-G-O-L-D, or uh, email me at Dave or Julie at, Julie at DaveGold.com. And we are, we are happy, you know, if, if, if we really resonate with someone and our message really resonates with someone, we are willing to work, you know, we do work with a few people on mentoring, you know, it's on transformational mentoring. So, David gave you all the information on how to reach us, and um, yeah. And the greatest gift we give is just to shower people with our love, let them step into the field of our love. And then there's a lot of wisdom that people have heard, but I think what people pick up more is the transmission, because authenticity is contagious, love is contagious. And the other, the flip side of that is, to quote Panash Desai, who's a beautiful human being that Julie and I listen to most every morning, is inauthenticity is exhausting i think every i think part of the weariness that your listeners feel is trying to be it's not so much that life it's not only that life has been challenging it's that they have been trying to be something as, as all of us do other than themselves and that is we're wearisome and being yourself is liberating yes it is mm -hmm. I am ecstatic. I love talking to you all. I'm trying to not let this computer cut off on us um, at this time. But um, I truly appreciate you guys for joining me and for this interview. This is going to be an exclusive. I am definitely going to put this out all over the place. So if you guys <laughs> are listening, make sure that you take a peek to the description below and you will find the information on how to reach Dave Gold and Julie Gold. Reeves. Okay. Julie that's Reeves. That's okay. <laughs> I, 
have to hold me for a life and not the name. And if I, if I can, everyone here too, I want everyone who's listening to hold karma in your heart as well. She's a beautiful woman doing beautiful things for beautiful people. And I know a lot, of, a lot of times people like karma, the support goes one way and doesn't always come back to her. And I want everyone to open their hearts and to bring the best of their intentionality and their love and their good wishes into karma as well. Cause if, well, we maybe we don't deserve love, but if anyone did, karma's the closest to anyone who does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Carmen, you just have a sweetness about you, and I love your enthusiasm. You've got a real youthful enthusiasm about you that's contagious. So thank you for spreading that upon us today. Always. Always. It's all love, love here. And as I um, say, my motto is each one teach one and remain true to you. So I put that, I really live by that because everything that you do, you're teaching someone else. No matter if you don't know that you're teaching someone else. No matter if you're spreading love or not, you're teaching someone something. So that's what I stand by. And that's what you live. And we learn by models our entire lives long. It's not just children that learn by modeling. That's right. Uh, all of us learn by modeling our entire lives. So you're right. Whatever, what, However we're being in the world, we're teaching that to somebody, whether it's good, bad, positive, negative, whatever. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Well, I thank you all for tuning in. This has been The Karma of It All, an extension of Complex Intuition, where we give advice, guidance, and support to those going through karmic, toxic, and traumatic situations. As always, each one teach one, remain true to you.